You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Hey, Craig. Let's hope you stick around tonight and don't blow our entire public. Hey, Craig, could you not blow this like uh, the Major League Baseball owners are trying to right now? That'd be great. Thank you. Um, Oh, boy. What a week. It's it's been a week, and somehow it got crazier today. Thank thank oh. God I had the foresight as I as I've been doing lately. That I've my my foresight has been great. Well, I knew we should delay recording on Wednesday so that we could get all this news on Thursday. Oh, it's been something, hasn't it? It's it's been about a day and a half. Welcome on in, friends, to uh, the Afford Affair Podcast, episode four hundred and three. I am Edward Green, joined as always by McCullen Crime, West Bradshaw. Uh, again, apologies for last week. Uh, again, Craig. Craig was, you know, high or something. Um, but he should be better this week. And uh, we'll definitely try to get you a full episode this time. Um, all right. Uh, so with this, uh, we will be talking Premier League. Uh, we will have Champions League to talk about. Um, and we can mix in a little bit of what we talked about last week. Uh, and, and uh, but especially what happened this week. Um, we'll also hit the news and notes, and uh, oh, buddy, was there some news and notes? So you can you best believe we're gonna have some of that. Um, then we'll wrap up with the uh, pimp in the athletic and the watch for. And oh man, I have ooh, so many good articles in the athletic this week. I mean, there always are, but oh man, there's some great ones this week. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be a fun one, folks. Uh, as always, the podcast is presented by NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop, and neither does the Prem. As the Premier League it keeps right on going. We are already to match day 26. Or, you know, mo- that's where teams should be. You know, and, you know. Oh, shoot, Burnley. Yeah, not, <laughs> we wish they weren't, at least. Um and anything to help them put Everton in the relegation zone. Uh, we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, but first, let's start on Saturday uh, as West Ham and Newcastle drew 1-1. Uh, Craig Dawson's opener getting canceled out by Joe Willock just moments before the first half whistle as Newcastle rescues a point at the London Stadium. Uh, Arsenal uh, gets a 2-1 win over Brentford. Uh, Emil Smith-Rowe and Bakari Saka, the goal scorers for Arsenal, as uh, Brentford could only muster a last-second goal to actually prevent getting shut out. Uh, Watford, a very important three points at Villa Park as they beat Villa 1-0. Uh, Dennis with the goal in the 78th minute uh, to give the Hornets, again, much-needed three points. All, all the low teams getting points that they needed. Not you, Norwich. 
Uh, <laughs> Liverpool three, Norwich one. Oh, they did. They did get out in front. They did. There was, there was a few minutes there. We were. I'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit, Wes. But there was about 15 minutes, we'll call it, where we started thinking, okay, yeah, maybe the title race is actually just done. This is the death knell. It wasn't going to be Liverpool versus Man City. It was going to be Liverpool versus Norwich. Oh, oh, how the next three hours changed that. Uh, Liverpool scored three to answer Norwich uh, and come out of there with a 3-1 victory and securing the very, very vital points, as we'll get to later. Uh, Southampton pounds Everton in the dirt, 2-0. pair of second-half goals for the Saints. Just makes it that much harder to envision Everton skidding out of a relegation battle. Um, Chelsea, last-minute heroics, the theme of the week, uh, as they beat Palace 1-0 thanks to Hakeem Zayic, who, between the two big pickups last year of Timo Werner and Hakeem Zayic, Zayic has been miles better than Werner for Chelsea. So he actually was a worthwhile pickup for them, I guess. Uh, His goal, the difference there. Uh, Burnley, big win at Brighton 3-0 as they continue their trek up the table. And the big news on Saturday in the 12.30 slot, Man City 2, Tottenham Hotspur 3. And it looked like for a moment that Spurs had it figured out. Spoilers, they do not. Um, But what really matters is, in in a lot of ways also, the the title race may now have been swung well and truly back open. Uh, City thought they had equalized and stolen a point when Riyad Mahrez picked up a penalty in the 92nd minute. But Harry Kane stood and delivered, showing exactly why he demanded he and Daniel Levy demanded 150 million from City over the summer. His brace was the difference in this one as Tottenham wins in dramatic fashion at the Etihad. Uh, truly, truly City's bogey team over the last five or six years. Tr- truly insane that it's it's this really uh, matchup. Uh, Sunday, Man United four leads two. Uh, Leeds continues to ship goals at an alarming rate, even after getting back uh, into a 2-2 equalizer. Thanks to goals minutes apart from Rodrigo and Rafinha, they kept shipping them in, and it was United's turn to take advantage. Uh, Wolves 2, Leicester 1, Daniel Pondence the decider in the 66th minute, as it looks like Brendan Rodgers' position at Leicester becomes more and more untenable by the day. On Wednesday... Uh, Crystal Palace 4, Watford 1, Musa Sissoko, he scored. That was the good news for Watford. The rest was horrible. Uh, Wolf Zaha with a late brace on, and that one to cap off a great day for the Eagles. Um, Speaking of (laughs) great days uh, in shipping goals, Liverpool 6, Leeds 0. Brendan Rodgers may be on the hot seat. Marcelo Bielsa is maybe even hotter at this point. Uh, as they looked virtually inept against Liverpool. A pair of penalties for Salah, a pair of goals for Mane, and Matip and Van Dijk getting in on the scoring as well. Capped off a great day for Liverpool. And finally, now Wes, I believe I texted you, or, or no, I should say, you tweeted out after the City Spurs match, and I'm going to pull this up because I want to get this right. Oh, you man, you've got to get this right. You said, this is what at Edward Green and myself love about Spurs official. Now the key is to not draw Burnley on Tuesday, of course. 
To which I replied minutes later, Haha, joke's on you, they're gonna lose. Ah, <laughs> oh, I saw this Ben Me goal coming from a mile away. Don't you worry, folks. I, I, I use my powers for good and evil. Uh, they won Spurs nil. Spurs never able to get anything going on the day and finally done in by a little piece of set, uh, a little bit of set piece magic from Burnley. Uh, Burnley getting, again, a very important three points. And as much as we joke and will continue to joke about Tottenham, with yet another false dawn. Um, this is was actually a huge, huge win for Burnley in terms of the table and trying to scrape their way out of the relegation zone. So that's that's where we stand uh, from this week, Wes. Uh, I, oh, I guess I should go to Thursday. Uh, Arsenal also uh, got a late goal from Jose Sa to beat Wolves, who looked so good in this match and felt like they deserved a little bit more from this one. But Arsenal does get the 2-1 win. Um, so obviously, you know, Wes, the big story, one that, you know, we, 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 you even called, you were a huge Liverpool fan. And, and a month and a half ago, we said, yeah, title race is probably over. It's, it's probably done. Oh, we should probably start to rethink that, I guess. What do you say? Very, I believe I said then, you know, I will be thrilled to be completely wrong. And, um. Jurgen Klopp's men have made me eat my words. <laughs> I relish them with some delicious peri peri sauce. It's just <laughs> um, yeah. You know, Liverpool uh, do it this week. Scored nine goals in two matches. Um, <laughs> continue their winning ways, and they have they have just done the done their duty and have pegged City back. Um, you know, of course, I'll go back to it one more time. When I when I called this race over, yes, my thoughts were, uh, you know, solid Mane going off to halftime. Liverpool having been playing that great with them, certainly not going to play great with them. And to top it off, you know, City. I felt City was a machine, and they were just going to keep grinding out results. And you know, Liverpool would. Liverpool may not lose anything while Salah and Mane are gone, but they'd probably drop a point or two. What did they do? They won everything while they were gone. They've continued to win it since I've come back. And now, maybe the most terrifying thing to hit the Premier League in a while, a pissed-off Mo Salah. <laughs> and here we are now with the match in hand, matches in hand made up, and Liverpool have done absolutely everything they can. They sit three points back um, on equal matches played. And not only that, but Liverpool have actually overtaken uh, City in the uh, in the goal differential department. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, going 9-1 in the last two matches will help those numbers. Yes. <laughs> um, and here Liverpool stand uh, at the top of the table. Uh, in the scoring charts, uh, Mo Salah leading the way. Well, second place is Diogo Jota, and, well, damn, third place is Sadio Mane. Well, let's go over to the assist numbers. Well, Mo Salah and uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold lead the way in assists in the Premier League, and right behind them is Anderson. So Liverpool really showing off the firepower this year. Crazy number. They have already scored more goals this season than they scored all of last season. Wow. 
And for Leeds United, they've already shipped more goals this season than they did last season. So oh, poor Leeds. Poor Leeds. <laughs> this isn't about you. This isn't about you, Leeds. Um, but Liverpool are playing with a hunger right now, with a fire. They are looking at the next few months as the chance to do something truly special. Uh, of course, this Sunday they play in the Carabao Cup final, a chance to win a trophy. And right now, Liverpool are alive for uh, all four trophies to possibly win this season. Uh, technically, Chelsea's still alive as well. Um, Chelsea, though, yeah. kind of fallen off in the Premier League race, but they are, of course, still in the Champions League and the FA Cup. And, of course, they also in the finals of the Paramount. But going into this match, Liverpool are the form team. Um, playing well recently, especially now the return of Salah and Mane. And um, in the Leeds United game, they both score a, a pair of goals. Uh, both of them scored against Norwich. So they're coming back once again, picking up where they left off, if not better. Uh, and like I said, I pissed off Mohamed Salah and a Sadio Mane now who seems to really have something to prove himself in this season. Liverpool look absolutely terrifying. Add to that the fact that um, Thiago Pintara is healthy and has settled. He's been blooded in. <laughs> and uh, holy shit, you know, suddenly Thiago, this is the Thiago that last season we're like, what the hell, man? He's on the side of Germany. Smoking shit. Why didn't he do anything? Yeah, he, uh, he, he's kind of figured it out now. <laughs> and Thiago looks like one of the best midfielders in the world go along with Fabinho and his fantastic scoring form. Um, Liverpool's midfield suddenly looking extremely dangerous. The addition of uh, Luis Diaz up front, and good God, that guy that guy's just a highlight reel. If you sit and just watch him, whenever he touches the ball, you're excited because you have no idea what he's going to do with it. Um, he's got flicks, he's got tricks, he's got pace, he's got menace. Uh, he's got a goal in him. He scored his first goal against Dorich. Um, looking right now like an absolutely spectacular signing to help fortify Liverpool going forward. Uh, Diogo Jota should be back for the Carabao Cup final. Uh, Firmino looks like it looks like Bobby's going to be out for a little while. So now the signing of Diaz looking even bigger as we go forward. Um, and now, Ed, the two center backs are deciding, all right, we're ready to get on the score sheet. As uh, Joel Matip goes on one of his mazy runs and then finally gets the ball back and scores. <laughs> and that was an absolute treat for uh, Liverpool Twitter. Um, Joel Matip has become kind of like this internet, like, cult icon. <laughs> um, for Liverpool fans, uh, what is the name of the uh, – I, I got to figure out what the name of the uh, Twitter site is. And you know what? I can't find it. So I, like, I have like, almost completely destroyed my phone this week. Oh, God. So while, while waiting for – oh, it's called No Context Joel Matip. Oh, I love no context Twitter feeds. Oh, non yes, non non context Joel Maddup is absolutely magnificent. Uh, so there's there's been this uh, GIF 
or this uh, this meme for the last few years. Um, and it's a picture from, I believe it's the Lord of the Rings. Oh. Where like the little dude starts running and shows him like running or whatever, and they put Joel Maddox's face on it. And every time <laughs> he goes on one of these runs, they they put it up and it says, "I'm going on an adventure." Because <laughs> I'm go- I'm going to send this to you. Um, and then they've been saying now they're like, you know, the biggest innovation in Anfield is going to be like finally scores this goal. And he finally did the other day, and it was pretty freaking amazing. Um, so Joel Maddow scores, <laughs> and oh, uh, you, you love that, don't you? That's great. <laughs> Maddow scores, and then at the death, uh, just to just to rub it in a little more to help that uh, help that goal differential, uh, Virgil Van Dyke powers one home. So Liverpool get uh, braces from their two superstars up front. And then they get goals from both center backs because Leeds. Oh, God, Leeds. Le- Leeds are, right now, Leeds are like literally the cure all tonic. When does Spurs play Leeds? Jesus Christ, that's what they really need to be looking at. Um, but. Oh, actually, I think we play them next. We play them next. Oh, oh thank God. Well, we're <laughs> saved. Well, hopefully, you're saved. <laughs> Either that or we're really just going to give up on the season for her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, no. We're well, having time to we'll save a shitter and then find a way to fucking beat Liverpool or something. We know. Yeah. We know this works. Um, uh, but Liverpool just looking imperious in it. And it, it is a huge, huge run of games coming up for Liverpool. Um, once again, in all those competitions, uh, the final is on Sunday. Uh, then next week, midweek, uh, Norwich. Norwich have to come back to Anfield. Son of a bitch. And they take on Liverpool in the, uh, I believe that's the fifth round of the FA Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next week after that is uh, Liverpool versus Inter. Uh, second in the second leg of the um, Champions League. Round of 16 tie. Sprinkle that in with a uh, a visit from West Ham, and uh, looming looming later in March, uh, Arsenal and Manchester United coming up later this month. It is a it is an action packed next few weeks coming up for Liverpool fans, and by the time it's over. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> um, it could it could be it could be red heaven or it could be yeah, what's happened. Yeah. So um, yeah. I mean, obviously, just really looking forward to it because you know what else can you do at this point? Just just look forward to it and have fun. Yeah, yeah. Not much, not much else to do besides that. Um, it's it's gonna be busy. So it it still may come down to to that Man City versus Liverpool match um, that, over in April. So that, that is still looming large on the schedule. Um, it will be mm-hmm. interesting to see how both teams continue on, both being in the Champions League, both being now fighting for the league. Because, you know, I mean, there, there was a moment where you feel like, okay, City, you know, they're, they're 12 points clear, everything's fine, they can really concentrate on the Champions League. 
you know they don't want to just give up the league though. So uh, this is this is going to be a very interesting battle for City, who while they are incredibly deep, don't just have like that natural striker, and that's something that you know you know when you talk about the City Spurs match, that was the that was the point a lot of people drew is hey if you had a Harry Kane type, how much better would this game have be? You you threw fifty crosses into the box in the second half. And didn't really do anything with them because you don't have a guy who can convert with it. So yeah, this is this is this is something that's really going to test City from here on out. Uh, but luckily for City, you know their big summer signing that they did get is just oh wait, never mind, he's terrible. <laughs> oh poor Jack Grealish. Poor poor Jack. Grealish. I, you know I like Jack Grealish. He did nothing so. wrong. Except no, he just yeah he just signed with City and it's 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 not good. I'm sure he I'm sure at the moment he's like oh my name is Stevie G. <laughs> oh, sad. Instead of Pep. <laughs> oh, by the way, um, just because Liverpool fans are of course just looking toward the future and the glory that we're gonna win the league, right? Um. So how about going into how about the delicious storyline that could be the final day of the season when City could be trying to either hold on or win the league title and they face Stevie G's Aston Villa. Oh, 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 oh no. Oh, the deliciousness. Wheels within wheels, West Bradshaw. Oh boys. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing that. Half Steve G, half Jamie character. <laughs> Just whatever the hell I'm doing right now. But uh, you're the same person at this yeah. point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah. So just yeah. Yes, obviously I'm a Liverpool fan, so obviously I'm excited that we have a race again. But at the same time, isn't it just like nice to have a race? Yeah, because we we I mean what especially when Chelsea started dropping off. Like, like, like Liverpool were still kind of close, but because they had the matches in hand, you you could kind of see, well, maybe, maybe there's a way they get back in there. But Chelsea, you know, really falling off, especially when we came into the season with, oh, man, there's such a strong top four this year. It's United, Chelsea, City and Liverpool. What a, what a great season we're in for. And then United shit the bed like immediately. And then Chelsea has been like, OK, but nothing special. And they've just petered out of the, the, the title race. And then City looked like they were going to ray with it. And you're like, well, I guess I guess we still have the Champions League, right, guys? That'll be that'll be exciting. Um, but no. Yeah, this is this is this is great. This is this is much better than I thought it was going to be three weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, big time. Big time. Um, so, yeah. Long may it rain, and uh, let's uh, let's enjoy this run in because this is this is an unexpected uh, unexpected little springtime gift. Springtime, it's a magical time where hopes can raise. All right. Um, so your upcoming schedule: uh, there is some Friday night football, three p.m. on NBC Sports. Uh, oh, wait, that doesn't exist anymore. Never mind. Um, 3 p.m. on Friday, uh, it's going to be Southampton versus Norwich. On Saturday, we would be getting Liverpool versus Arsenal, but Liverpool have 
other matters to attend to. So now we'll get 7.30 Leeds versus Tottenham uh, over at Eland Road. Uh, at 10 a.m., Manchester United versus Watford, Palace versus Burnley, Brighton versus Villa, Brentford versus Newcastle. And at 12.30, oh, can, can the boys in blue really do it this time? It's Everton versus Man City. Oh, man. We will. Oh, depends we will. on which boys are wearing blue, I guess. <laughs> That's true. Um, that, that could because be if it's Everton. No, no, they can't. <laughs> I'll go ahead. Don't, don't let me be that guy, but I'm going to be this one. Um, on Sunday, Chelsea versus Leicester has also been postponed. Uh, and But we will get West Ham versus Wolves in a top four scrum. Then on Tuesday, as a makeup match, we're going to get Burnley versus Leicester. And do we have a Wednesday match? We do not. Okay, so uh, those are your next set of matches uh, as we're going through here. Quick look at the table. Uh, Man City, again, still atop, but just three points ahead of Liverpool. Both teams are now even on matches. Uh, Chelsea sit in third. Somehow Manchester United are in fourth. Sure. Uh, Arsenal. Yeah, and, and somehow they're and somehow they're like actually really close behind Chelsea. It's so weird. Oh, this season is really weird. Once you get past the top two, um. So yeah, United United four points back at Chelsea, one point up on Arsenal. But Arsenal have two matches in hand on United and one match in hand on Chelsea. Uh, West Ham are maxed out on matches. They're at forty two points. Wolves have a match in hand. They are at 40. And Spurs have two matches in hand. They are at 39. Um, so still very fluid situation uh, for all of these teams. It, it could change a couple more times before we get to the end. Uh, but at the bottom of your heart, the relegation zone, Everton and Newcastle are both at 22. They sit just outside. Burnley are at 20, uh, but have a match in hand. Um, Watford are at 18. Norwich is at 17. Um, even Norwich at this point, like I think Norwich are bad and have no chance of getting out. Norwich mm-hmm. mathematically is still like, has a realistic chance to get out. Again, I don't think they will because I just don't think they're good enough to do it. But <laughs> I mean, at this point, if you realistically look at this, because let's see right now we have, I'm going to give Brentford a pass. I think they're fine. But you have Leeds at 23 points, Everton at 22, Newcastle at 22, Burnley at 20, and even Watford at 18. That's five teams, and two of them are going down. So I, and I don't know which two are at this point. I really don't. So that's, you know, we, we, got, a, we got a battle at the top of the table. We got a battle at the bottom. That's, that's about all you can hope for, I think. So that's pretty cool. Well, all I can say for Brentford, Brentford better pick it up because they have been in a very poor run of forms. They're definitely on the outside looking in at that. Mm-hmm. But you know, if uh, if some other teams below them can hit a little uh, a little hot spot, then mm-hmm. uh, Brentford Brentford better be very very aware that they've got to get something done. Eight more points, lads. Let's get to thirty-two. Um... So there you go. It looks like, uh, it looks like uh, speaking of Brentford, it looks like uh, Christian Eriksen played in a behind closed doors friendly yeah. earlier this week and played, uh, I believe they said 80 minutes. Yeah. So that would, 
Uh, I, as long as, uh, you know, I say this and I, I'm, he's eventually just going to score an 89th minute winner against Spurs. Mm-hmm. I just feel it. But oh. it, it it will be like legit good to see Christian Eriksen back in the Premier League after everything. That would be so <laughs> awesome. So I hope he can do it. Um, as we move on uh, again, the League Cup is coming up this Sunday. Uh, Chelsea versus Liverpool. First domestic trophy for, of the season up for grabs. Chelsea riding high after winning what is believed by many to be the hardest trophy to win in all of sports, the FIFA Club World Cup. Truly, truly that will power them through to Wembley uh, as they meet up with Liverpool who are playing right now like a house on fire. Uh, Wes, I'm sure based on current form, you are favoring your squad by a little bit in this match. Oh, you know, the boys, they've been looking good. Um, so a few just interesting little bits about this week. Um, Liverpool's going to go with a strong team. That said, Cueven Kelleher is going to start and goal. Jurgen Klopp uh, said a few weeks ago that Kelleher's the one who got us here, and Kelleher's the one who's going to play goal. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's, it's basically going to be like a, a really – Top team, and, and then no Allison. So uh, that should be interesting. Uh, Jota, they're saying Diego Jota should be available for selection on Sunday. Uh, of course, he hasn't played either of the last two. I don't think he played against Norwich. I can't remember. I know he didn't play against Leeds, wasn't even on the bench uh, with an injury. Uh, once again, no Firmino, so... Salamane, you know, those two are going to be in. Then you'll have uh, Diaz. You'll have uh, both Diaz and uh, Jota to pick from. Or or we just throw the wild card and we go Divacarie because, I mean, why not Divacarie, you know? Football is nothing without Origi. Um, Midfield should be really, really interesting for Liverpool. Everybody's kind of hoping we finally see kind of that top. Liverpool midfield out there, the Fabinho, Tiago, Jackson. Uh Liverpool have never lost a match in which uh, Fabinho and Tiago started together. Oh. Okay. So, um, yeah, so that's there. Uh, Tiago, of course, made his 50th Liverpool appearance this past week. Um, Might have gotten there earlier. He's had some injury issues, but he is he is definitely the best he's been since he's been at Liverpool. And I think the bad picks itself, um, the pick's going to come down between Kanati and um, Matip over who goes uh, at center back. And Macy Kanati, Clyde doesn't like to try to push Matip three matches in a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matip, of course, does have that extensive injury history. Uh, knock on wood, has been solid this year for him. Um, so I'm not trying to test that, possibly. Uh, Chelsea... Oh, man. I can't even begin to tell you where Chelsea's going to go. I just yeah. expect to see uh, I just expect to see Conte in midfield. I'll give it that much. <laughs> Conte in midfield, Mindy in goal, and Silva playing center back. After that, God, only those that Chelsea are going to do. Um, the saga um Lukaku, what happens there? Um does Timo Werner accidentally end up on the field for some reason? Uh, you know, who else did they build around Conte in midfield? 
Well, no, it's going to be interesting. You said, like you said earlier, Hakeem Zajic has definitely been playing well. But, you know, Christian Pulisic just played what arguably yeah. was his best game uh, for Chelsea in the midweek in the Champions League. So, I don't know. Tuchel, Tuchel definitely has his hands full with his selection. Slops is a little more straightforward at this point, even though he does have a lot of options. Um, his is a little more straightforward. And we'll go out there and play either 90 minutes or 120 minutes. We'll see what happens. But uh, Carabao Cup for Liverpool would be their first since, I believe, 2011, if they can get it in. Uh, Kenny Dalglish was the manager. Um, Luis Suarez and Andy Carroll were leading the line. Oh, my goodness. The, those, those helicon days of Liverpool Football Club uh, before we figured out and got shit. So, uh, definitely looking forward to Yeah, I believe I did. Is that the right word? I don't think it is. It's it's the right word. You just horribly uh, mispronounced it. Oh, did I? Okay. It's Halcyon. <laughs> okay, Halcyon. Well, there you go. There you go. So, uh, you know, I'll picture European um, European pronunciation. True, true, true. You fix my uh, big word. My, my quarter word. Point. Pronunciations. <laughs> there we go. So, uh, Enfield South beckons. Uh, the boys are back in Wembley here. <laughs> so yeah check that out um where's that what is that being broadcast on is that is that on espn um should be on espn should be on plus. espn plus yeah um, uh let me they they have been by god it better be as far as you... <laughs> um but yeah they've been on espn plus okay so yeah probably go go check it out there um that is the uh, the league final there. Um, couple of couple of coaches who love to wear hats. Um, so now we we enter the Champions League as we get to the uh, the second round. And again, we talked um, we talked about the, uh, the the Champions League last week as well. Of course, that's that's lost to the to the time itself. Um, but we're going to talk about the uh, the match that did take place this week as well, uh, and can kind of preview going forward how the, the last legs will shake up here. As Wes mentioned, uh, Christian Pulisic did play in a fantastic game for Chelsea and got his reward in the 63rd minute with the second goal of the night for Chelsea as they beat Lille 2-0. They have a nice little lead there. Um, also on Tuesday, Villarreal and Juventus drew 1-1. Uh, Dusan Vlahovic got his goal in the first minute. That's why Juventus paid all that money. Prob- prob- probably should. He is good. He probably should have spread that money around a little bit to Juventus. Just, just saying. As uh, Villarreal was able to peg one back through Danny Parejo. Um, so, and again, because uh, because away goal does not matter. Uh, it is truly deadlocked at one one as they head to the uh, to back to Turin in a couple weeks time. So that's a that's a very in up in the air uh, tie right now. Um, on Wednesday, we had uh, Benfica and Ajax playing entertaining to to draw. Um, Sebastian Haller was uh, the GOAT and then the, the G-O-A-T for Ajax as his own goal brought Benfica back into a 1-1 while three minutes later, uh, just before the half-hour mark, was able to bring Ajax back in the lead at 2-1. Yaremchuk uh, was uh, able to get one back for Benfica as it finished 
2-2. Um, as the second leg will be played in Amsterdam. And then finally, uh, Atletico Madrid in, in a super, super throwback Atletico Madrid match. The one where, you know, we talked about where even if they're bad, they're going to they're gonna play you hard and it's not going to be fun getting through it even if you win. Uh, Atletico Madrid gets one goal through uh, João Felix in the seventh minute while United responds in the 80th, not from Cristiano Ronaldo, by Anthony Alanga as United and Atletico share the, the uh, would-be point in Spain. They'll head back to Old Trafford in a few weeks' time. Um, so that is how uh, this week shuck out. Again, last week, uh, Salzburg drew Bayern 1-1. City blasted Sporting 5-0. Um, in, uh, Liverpool got two on Inter to lead 2-0. And PSG got a late one against Real to take a 1-0 lead there. Um, so, Wes, uh, right now... Uh, I'm sure you have some a few thoughts on these matches, but going into the second leg, we still have a lot to play for outside of Man City Sporting and maybe Liverpool and Chelsea already with their two goal leads might be might be already pretty good to go. Um, but other than that, every other every other one is tied or a one goal lead. So a very exciting second legs coming up here in the Champions League. Oh, yeah. And um you know, the ones you're definitely going to be keeping an eye on just for the upset um, chance of it. Uh, God, Salzburg, Salzburg was really close to just straight up winning that first match against Bayern. Yeah. Uh, you have to feel going home, Bayern are going to be the the big favorite at home. But mm-hmm. hey, you never know. Sometimes that's the magic of the Champions League. Um and we usually seem to have an upset early in these rounds, so we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, of course, the star-studded one, the PSG, Real Madrid, um, Kylian Mbappe with that fantastic strike to win it for PSG. Um, Madrid looked like they were just trying to take that to a to a draw, get it back home, try to win it from nil-nil. Instead, now they find themselves behind, so they've got a lot of work. That's going to be an interesting matchup. Um, two teams that on paper, you know, when you see the names, you're like, oh, this is the glamour tie. Oh, man, Messi. Oh, Real Madrid. Oh, yes. It, it, look, when it comes to that, this is Mbappe's world, and the rest of us are just trying to Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens there, but that's interesting. Uh, Liverpool do have a 2-0 lead. They are going to Anfield. Those are usually really good things. Um, so they, they should be big favorites against Inter, but still they're going to have to be wary when they, uh, when they welcome the Italian Giants in. Uh, you talked about the throwback Manchester United, um, Atletico Madrid. It was throwback, honestly, because let's just be real. Both teams are crap. Yeah. I mean, they both well, One team is better at being crap than the other. God, one of them, one of them, like when the manager gets his way, they're they're crap and they win. Uh, the other one, the other one, just they're just crap. Um, <laughs> God, the way they're playing, I can't see either of those teams advancing after this. The the fact that they got to match up with each other, I think, let a bunch of other teams have to get 
Damn, I had a team and just beat them and moved on. Um, mm. Yeah, other than that, you know, here we go. City's, City's going through. Mm, I think Ajax will be okay to go through. Yeah, and Chelsea should be fine going through. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the, the it does look very good. For the uh, for the three English clubs not named United, um, which is great, great for the Premier League, but also means that if three or even four of them reach that round of eight, uh, it's going to be very difficult for them to avoid each other in that next draw. Uh, and that's where where things can certainly get in a very interesting hell. We could see you could very easily see a Chelsea Liverpool uh, League Cup final replay in the quarterfinals or, or God bless another Liverpool city replay in the champions league, which, Oh boy, just, Oh, give me, give me, just give me more Liverpool versus city. You know what? I, I, I hate one of those teams that have to lose, but just give me more, give me more of that. As long as it's not my team, I'm fine. There you go. Daddy needs his fix. <laughs> um, but yeah, a lot, a lot of really good teams still left, and a lot of big matches to be played again. Who knows? You know, Bayern could very much go back to the Allianz and and take control of everything there. But who knows? Maybe, maybe Salzburg just comes out and says, "We don't give a fuck, and we're just gonna, we're just gonna go nuts." And maybe they t- turn into a just an absolute shootout. I would, I would love that. Um, yeah, a lot of big matches, and again, those will start not next week again. So next week is an off week for European football. Uh, so they'll be picking back up on March eighth and 9th. Um, and again, on March eighth will be Bayern versus Red Bull, um, as well as Liverpool versus Inter. And on the ninth will be Real versus PSG and City versus Sporting. So there we go. That is the Champions League. Uh, I did want to take a quick look at Europa. Not not that we really care that much about Europa, but just to see. I remember because I didn't actually see the result. Um, I know Barcelona was one one against Napoli. Um, I know Barcelona went through. It's big Sag, big Sag. Um, let me let's 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 quickly go to the knockout. I know there. I know there was one big um, upset. At least in Europe. Let's see. Sevilla beats Zagreb. Atalanta beat Olympiacos. Leipzig beats Sociedad. Barcelona beat Napoli 5-3. Real Betis beat Zenit. Uh, Rangers. Wow. Rangers beat Dortmund. There it is. Wow. Beat them in both legs. Uh, they beat them uh, in the first leg and drew them in the second. Good enough. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, that is good enough. That's that's actually good enough. Oh man! Wow, good on them. Jude Bellingham, Jude Bellingham's got to be going. I really need to just go play for Jurgen Klopp. Now. <laughs> and that's exactly what he's thinking tonight. Exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, this was uh, this is actually interesting. I didn't realize they were doing it this way now. Um, Wait a minute, what? That's to knock out round playoffs. So apparently they wait. What? 
I'm confused with how Europa League worked. Oh, were these? Oh, were these the third place team? Oh, these were third place teams. I understand now. I understand. So now third place teams do that. Great. That that makes I, I, yeah, sense. Now the, now the the third place teams come in in this round. Is that it? Yeah. Or no, so they're the already. Place, so the third place teams from the Champions League drop. So what it used to be because mm-hmm. there were so many teams in Europa. The third place teams from the Champions League group stage would just go straight into their round of 32, um, gotcha. and and it, along with along with everybody else from Europa. So now what they do is the third place, the eight third place teams from the Champions League, and the second seeds from the group stage in Europa. That's when they match up. So that's why Dortmund played Rangers because Dortmund uh-huh. was third in the Champions League. Rangers was second in their group in Europa. Um, right. So if you finish first, you get now a buy into the round of 16 in Europa, which was West Ham, Lyon, Monaco, uh, Leverkusen, Eintracht, um, Spartak, Red Star, and Galatasaray. So, okay, that makes sense now. That makes sense. Now. All right. I also know Leicester was in the uh, the conference championship, which, <laughs> lol, I hope, Brend- I hope Brendan knows what that is now. Um, so, good luck, boys. All right. Um, we would be remiss. Uh, speaking of the Champions League, this is a natural segue into news and notes. Um, but nothing is natural about seguing with this topic. Um, if you are have not heard by now, uh, Russia has started their invasion of the Ukraine, and I speak. I believe I speak for the sport all new sports show when I say uh, our thoughts and prayers are with the Ukrainians and. Uh, just a prayer that this does not escalate any further than it has to or need to, and that as many lives can be saved as possible. Because this is this is a terrible, terrible situation. So we stand with you, Ukraine. Um, as we swing the lens back to football a little bit, um, because of that, uh, as reported by Luke Brown in the Athletic, the Champions League final will be moved away from Russia. After the Ukraine invasion, it was set to be played in St. Petersburg. That will no longer be the case. Uh, UEFA President Alexander Seferin, in an extraordinary meeting on Friday morning, is expected to agree on moving the final. Um, They're not sure where it will be. I've heard uh, the London Stadium. I've heard Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, which, you know, all the jokes we like to make about Tottenham. Not many better places, I think, to hold a Champions League final in Europe right now than that place. Um, maybe one day Tottenham can be part of that again, uh, and, and multiple other places as well. Um, uh, UK prime minister, Boris Johnson in a rare moment of not saying something incredibly stupid, uh, also called out Russia, um, as well. So this is, uh, this is a big day for that. And we'll see, we'll have to end up seeing where the Champions League final ends up dropping. Um, in a similar story by Luke Bosher, um, Sweden now wondering, hey, we have to play Russia in like a month in a world or potentially in a World Cup playoff. Um, I don't know if we want to do that. Um, Carl Eric Nelson believes it is almost unthinkable that his country would play the playoff final in Moscow given Russia's invasion of Ukraine on Thursday. Uh, Sweden are due to take on the Czech Republic on March 24th in the semifinal before then facing a trip to the winner of Russia's semifinal against Poland on March 29th. Um, 
Now, obviously, Poland could win the match against Russia, and this sort of becomes a mute point. But, I mean, these are things you don't want to think about it, but these are the things that people who are the president of a soccer federation have to start thinking about. Well, I, I don't want to send my people to Russia when there's, when there's this thing going on. I don't want to do that. So it's, again, not the most important thing in the world, but it does call into really, uh, to contrast, Wes, you know, how many things are affected by this, even in the world of sports. It is. And it's, a, it's a really, really bad situation over there right now. Um, we, we don't get political on this show. We feel there's plenty of other places you can go for politics. But I think it's fair to say that uh, everybody's fucking this pooch as it goes along. <laughs> um, it's wow. Wow. I mean, whew, it's rough all around right now. Um, and we say that you know, there are people dead in the Ukraine from this shit. And, I mean, you know, the Russians just... I, I can't i can't even imagine what the hell's going through their minds right now, what they're doing. Uh, but, yeah, you, you absolutely cannot play that final in St. Petersburg. Roger Bennett had a great idea. He said you can keep all the St. Petersburg building and just move to Florida. Um, play at the uh, play at the Trop, home of the Tampa oh, Bay yes. Rays. Because, because fuck, at this point, baseball won't need the damn stadiums. So exactly. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, I had heard, I heard something saying that they were not going to do it in London. They had ruled London out. Oh, but okay. maybe that was ruling Wembley out. Maybe. I don't know. But um, I will be interested to see where it ends up. Um. You know, they ended up, they didn't do Istanbul last year. True. But I haven't even heard Istanbul spoken, dropped. But, uh, yeah, you know, really, really sad situation. But at this point, I think it's Sweden, the Czech Republic, and Poland have all said, you know, they're supposed to be playing Russia in this not. We're not doing that shit. Yeah. You know, and I can't blame them. I mean, you know, if uh, you know the Russians have been aggressors here, and you know that that doesn't need to be, they don't need they don't need to be able to have status quo and just things go on as normal while they're doing right. this. So, um, you know, they need to get it figured out, and. Uh, Maybe then in the future we can talk about taking it back to St. Petersburg. Mm -hmm. um, but this year, good call by UEFA. Get it the hell out of there. And let's not even kind of leave this conversation open right now. Yeah. And, and there, there, of course, we don't want to paint with too broad a brush um, after watching the video of hundreds, if not thousands, of Russians in uh, Moscow um, protesting against their government. We certainly don't want to say all Russians are, you know, happy right, with, the, right, with what's absolutely. happening. And, I, and I'm not saying you did, but what, what I was going to link this to is, you know, you, you're saying, you know, Poland, Sweden and the Czech Republic all come out and say, you know, we don't really want to play Russia right now. The players on the Russian team may feel the same way as as all those people protesting. Mm -hmm. They may not want this at all. Um, and so 
you know, that you do kind of feel bad for them if they're getting kind of screwed over in this situation by factors way out of their control. Um, so obviously, obviously we hope that's, that's the case. Hopefully we hope, uh, cooler heads prevail and that, you know, the matches can continue. Um, yeah, yeah. Still, still that human element to go on here. Um, speaking of the world cup, as we, as we move a little bit back more towards the soccer, um, Sergio Aguero reveals he will be with Argentina's squad at the Qatar World Cup. Um, you know, just kind of like how we were talking about Christian Eriksen, um, playing in, uh, a behind closed doors match for Brentford, hopefully getting back on the pitch. Aguero won't be back on the pitch for Argentina after his heart condition forced him to retire from Barcelona earlier, but will be part of the backroom staff. Um, obviously a wealth of experience, both internationally and domestically. Um, one of the great goal scorers in Europe ever. Um, and so we'll, we'll be interesting to see what his role actually is in the team. Um, but that's that again, that's a lot of experience and, you know, any, any little bit helps for an Argentina team that, you know, almost assuredly <laughs> is probably with their last ride with Messi. So, you know, they're going to want to squeeze as much juice out of that as they can. So interesting story and, uh, and good to see, um, Aguero back, even if it's not in a player role, uh, still involved with the uh, the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> interesting to see where uh, Kuhn is going to go in this life after playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like he wants to get into the coaching side of it. That that's that's cool. Uh, he was a great player. Uh, yeah, he was a great player, greatly skilled, but a lot of his greatness came from his preparation, um, mm-hmm. from his work ethic. I mean, obviously an extremely naturally talented player, but not ever the most naturally talented player. Sure. Um, so uh, maybe maybe a future on the sideline uh, is in the calling for the team. <laughs> Amazing. We hope, hope so, because we, we, we love some more Aguero in our lives. Um, uh, good news here from Daniel Taylor and Anthony Hay. Uh, we mentioned that there was some problems going on uh, when Leicester played Nottingham Forest in the FA Cup a couple of weeks ago. Well, one fan has been sentenced to four months in prison for assaulting three Forest players. That's awesome. That's, that's really good. More like this, please. More like this, please. Please put these idiots behind bars. That is great. Um, that's what that's that's what you do. I mean, that's the only way that you can hope to deter this shit from happening again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then finally, uh, from Meg Linehan, um, and I'd sent this to you a, a couple days ago, I think, Wes. Uh, U.S. Women's National Team players reached settlement with U.S. Soccer for a total of twenty-four million in pay discrimination lawsuit. Um, they are so that has come to an end finally. Um, Megan Rapino saying we're so happy. We feel this is a huge win. Uh, Cindy, uh, oh, let me see it. Um, Cindy Cohn had some quotes in here as well. If I can find it, uh, this is a win for everyone. The settlement is a major step forward for U.S. soccer, for the women's team, and women's sports, and women in general. Um, I, I said it many times before. Resolving this litigation is a top priority of mine. Um, took me a lot longer to accomplish it than I was hoping for, but we've done it and it's time to move forward. Um, obviously Cone is in a reelection campaign. Um, so this probably will help matters. Um, 
so yeah, I, again, as I as I texted Wes, I'm slightly disappointed in some of the comments on the Athletic in response to this, but yeah, this is something we've been following for God knows how long at this point um, on the podcast. Um, so good to see this is this is finally reached uh, a conclusion because even you can say what you want about you know the merits of the case, this, that, and the third, but it it just looks really bad. When when you're uh, when you're U.S. soccer and you're getting sued and going to court with your incredibly successful women's soccer team because they want they want in a, especially when it's a pay discrimination lawsuit. So so good on them for uh, for getting the money. Yeah, yeah, you know um, <laughs> it, it looks bad when, like you said, you know, the name on the the name on the front of your placard is u.s soccer and you're getting sued by the u.s women's soccer team yeah <laughs> uh shit um it, it has been a nasty long drawn out process here um i honestly never even got around to looking at it i've just picked up bits and pieces here and there i know you said there were some brutal brutal things going on in message boards that's just because some people are just stupid but anyway um, good for the ladies. If they, if the, here's my thing, if they are happy with what they got, I'm happy for them. And hopefully, this goes a uh, ways toward improving things even into the future for U.S. women's soccer. Absolutely. Um. So as we as we wrap up here, before we transition to pimp in the athletic, I do want to say this is from this is from about a month ago. Um, but it was on the Aguero article and I, I don't think we, uh, we mentioned this when it was first released. Uh, but this article from the athletic UK staff, Aguero, Mora and Amsterdam, Solskjaer at the new camp, our writers picked their favorite last gasp winners. Um, kind of amazing that this is, this was actually written on the heels of Bergwijn's uh, laid two goals against Leicester about a month ago, and then this week it happened again for Spurs. Um, so yeah, the, there's there's a lot of great goals in here. So uh, so go check that out uh, as well. A lot of good stuff there. But as we get to Pim the Athletic West, so many so many great articles. Uh, what what you been reading this week? Was. Oh, excuse me there, friend. I had a uh, drop off for a second. Um, yeah, you had you had broken up on me there at the end. Uh, give, give me that one more time. Um, so yeah, uh, I, you know it's been another great uh, week of athletic pieces. What you what you been reading? There we go. Okay, getting in a break now. I had a, a drop out there. Um, as as I did tell you earlier, as I'm pulling this up, I have I had some monster phone issues this week. And uh, my new phone was supposed to come in today. You know, say it's not here, so I'm still having to half hit things and trying to figure it out. Oof. Anyway, uh, got a few to look at. Miami recruiting starts with 4 a.m. texts and where the Hurricanes stand with a trio of elite in-state 2023 linemen. Manny Navarro uh, just following um, you know, his year as he's keeping up with the Hurricanes recruiting. Um, Mario Cristobal uh, turning Miami potentially back into a national power with his recruiting prowess. 
and they they highlight the 4 a.m. text messages, which you know, Ed, I live that dad life. So if you're sending me a text at 4 a.m., I've already gotten my cup of coffee. <laughs> I'm already I'm already about my day, but hey, thanks for thinking of me late after I get up. But uh, <laughs> a nice little look into where Miami stand with some of the top guys in Florida, and uh, just a little uh, insight to um, the 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 Mario Cristobal way of thinking. Um, here we go. Uh, I actually listened to the um, the Athletics uh, soccer podcast this week, which I listen to from time to time. I have my, my team-specific ones, but they have just a wide-ranging one. And they, they went into some uh, uh, depth with this article this week. Uh, Dominic Fifield, Fifield. Uh, people have been telling me it was a Farmers League absolute nonsense. Joe Cole's year in Leo. Uh, Joe Cole, of course, the former <clears throat> England international, uh, really made his name with uh, Mourinho's Chelsea. Uh, played, I believe, had a couple of stints with West Ham. Uh, signed as a free with Liverpool uh, under Roy Hodgson. Um, you know, we know all that ended up right. Uh, but Joe Cole, while at Liverpool, basically came in, was not in the plans of Kenny Dalglish. Um, they sent him out on loan for a year to Lille, where he um, ended up having a really nice season on loan. A, a front line, the 2011 Lille front line of uh, Joe Cole, uh, Eden Hazard, and Dimitri Payet. So not not a not a bad one there, but a really uh, really good, cool, in depth look um, of Joe Cole's year in Lille. And don't down me now. Um, I had one more I wanted to touch on. Oh, here it is. Uh, Fenway Park and Wrigley Field are living monuments to baseball's past. How long can they be part of its future? Uh, Chad Jennings, Jim McCaffrey, both on the Red Sox uh, beat writers. Uh, also, there's parts of this written by some other folks. Uh, a really cool article looking at Fenway and Wrigley, both parks over 100 years old, um, talking about the infrastructure of the stadiums, how they're still standing and also how these two ownership groups have put a ton of money into uh, doing upgrades, uh, maintenance work, uh, expanding, just doing things that are hopefully going to keep Fenway and Wrigley, uh, as they said, um, uh, continuing to welcome fans for generations to come. Um, when when baseball especially is more and more, everybody seems to want to stay in. Uh, mm -hmm. These two are by far the outliers of them all. Uh, the the third oldest stadium in baseball is Dodger Stadium, which was built in 1962. Wow! So that really puts into um, really puts into picture uh, Fenway and Wrigley, which were opened in 1912 and 1914, respectively. So, yeah, um, yeah, it, it's crazy to think that Camden Yards is now the seventh oldest. Stadium in baseball. Oh, Jesus. And, you know, Cam, of course, you, know, you remember, like I do, you know, Camden was the, that was like the kickoff of the new mm -hmm. uh, kind of retro feel stadiums that like everybody does now, except the Miami Marlins, who 
don't yeah. know what the hell they built. But, <laughs> um, you know, uh, County Yards was kind of the um, the the godfather of them all of the retro parks, and of course, you know, now you look at it, and just about everybody has a new stadium. But mm -hmm. um, the Red Sox and the Cubs, if if everything if everything stays according to plan, they will not have a new stadium anytime yeah. soon. <laughs> but some some really interesting there talks about um how Fenway is able to still be standing now. Um just a, just an interesting tidbit. I'll I'll leave it for you to read, but just a really interesting some really cool things uh, and it tells what they've done to improve. So. Mm -hmm. Some really good stuff there. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, so, awesome. Athletic, you pimped. Oh, yeah, pimp, pimp. Um I got some um, good ones here. Um, um, this one, uh, from the athletic staff, Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau will not join rumored Saudi golf league. Um, why will not? why, why do they have to, and why will they not be? Um, because Phil Mickelson said some in some in crazy dumbass shit for why he was going to join the league, uh, and may have ended up killing it in the process. Um, I actually want to pull up the quote. This so this gives just a good breakdown of of why uh, Dustin Johnson and DeChambeau aren't going to. Um, let me let me pull up the actual Phil Mickelson quotes because they deserve to be read verbatim. Um, let's see. Can we can we get the the news here? Let's see. Um, all right. So so this guy uh, Shipnuck. Uh, was writing uh, a, an unauthorized quote-unquote biography on Phil Mickelson. And he called him to get some quotes. You know, just talk about the book a little bit before he went to press with it. And when this thing about the Saudi League came up, Mickelson goes, quote, They're scary to get involved with. We know they kill Khashoggi and have a horrible record on human rights. They execute people over there for being gay. Knowing all this, why would I even consider it? Because this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to reshape how the PGA Tour operates. Um, so I'm reading this. I'm realizing now from an ABC News article. Uh, what I left out is he actually said they're scary motherfuckers. Um, which, mm, that is that is the way I just heard you say that. It sounded like. To start with, Phil Mickelson was saying exactly what we thought about him, but then he's like, oh, it's a chance to reshape the PGA Tour. Yeah. So, you know, so they, it's kind of like, so, yeah, it's kind of like, we're going to tell you, yeah, these guys are shitheads. They're terrible people. It's like, wait a minute, no, you shouldn't eat them, but you stop right there. They're terrible people. Like God, you know, so many human rights abuses. They're just, they're terrible. They, you know, they, they have, they're so oppressive on journalists. But uh, it'd be really great if the PGA Tour gave me more rights to my own media. So, you know, you do what you gotta sometimes. Like, what the fuck is this? Jesus, it's like that sounded really good to start with for Phil. I was like, hey, you tell them, fuck them, dude. It's just money. And that's like, oh, never mind. It's money. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's just all about money. It's like, oh. Okay, so so it doesn't matter. Okay, just, yeah. just making sure it doesn't matter. Lists hundreds of yeah. terrible things about a group, decides to join a group anyway. 
Oh. I don't want to get more I was, I am a big, I'm a big Phil Mickelson fan. <laughs> I mean, I say that as in like, I'm a Mickelson fan in the way that I don't watch golf anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's it really matter? But damn, that that's a little disappointing to hear him. You know, I was like, I'm right on with you. I'm like, oh, 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 you want the, you want the money? Yeah. It's, uh, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, the money is the money. Don't get me wrong, but tells you all the horrible things about him, and then he's like, oh, "Yeah, I'm going to take their money." Cool it is that. amazing what gambling debts will oh. do to a person. Oh Jesus! Just ask Michael Jordan. Exactly. That's why he does Haynes commercials. Um, so that's a good article. Um, great article from Jason Stark. What would happen if baseball killed the shift? Um, a, a story that has no, you know, that comes to no great answers, not through any fault of Jason Stark, but just because the, the way you do it, there just isn't a good answer. So uh, just a very in-depth dive into why there are no good answers for this, but I will, I'm going to once again, call out the athletic comments section. Because I'm sorry, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through here real quick. Let me see where I can find the comments from one Freddie Freeman. Um, let's see, um, where where is his quote? Where is his quote? Um, okay, so Freddie Freeman is quoted in this article, and, and if you don't know what the shift is in baseball, it's you you put more players on one side of the field that hitters usually hit towards to try to get more outs that way. And, and you know, that does leave, like, other parts of the field open, but it's hard sometimes to do that. So Freddie Freeman, <clears throat> in, in response to people suggesting why not just go the other way, uh, had this to say, quote, everyone's, like, just hit the ball the other way. Um... So I'm trying to cover five pitches. They're all moving. One is like 98 miles per hour. And I'm just going to be able to do whatever I want and hit a ball to the left side. It's not that easy. I wish it was or I do it more often. So that's that's the quote from Freddie Freeman. I cannot tell you how many dumb motherfuckers I still saw in the comments going, why can't you just hit the ball the other way? Like, one of the best hitters in baseball in Freddie Freeman just said, it's not that easy. It's not that easy. And you couch cushion wannabe baseball assholes are like, just, but just do it. Just, Freddie, just come it on. Just... I'm sorry. I just yelled, uh, I just yelled for my dog and I thought I had it on mute. Excuse me. <laughs> It's okay. All right, that, that's that, that. That's how I feel about the comment section of this article. Yeah, it might as well just show up with a dog. Uh, yeah, you know, I bet all these guys saying all this shit, man. I bet they were really big favorites playing back in the day. Yeah. I bet. I bet. Uh, you know, I bet if they hadn't hurt their shoulder, hurt their knee, that they'd be the bigs right now hitting four-handed. Yeah. I also love. I, I also really love the uh, the ones who are like, "Well, why don't you just bunt?" Like, do, do, do you, you just bunt? 
do you do you guys know how hard it is to bunt and like and it's not against like erase from your mind when you see the pitcher go up and try to lay down a sacrifice the the pitcher in that situation is trying to induce contact he's trying to get the bunt so he can just get the out that that's not how pitchers pitch to batters who aren't the pitcher who they don't believe are going to bunt so they're going to be getting their nastiest, filthiest pitches. Good luck. Like, it, it's really not that easy, people. Really not that easy. Stop pretending it is. So frustrating. You know what the hell is up with baseball fans in comment section? You That's also it. sent me the comment that somebody said that they should have. It's from this <laughs> article, yeah. Put a max... About, about throwing a fucking max speed that... Oh, you couldn't throw over 96. What the fuck are you thinking, people? It's if you throw over. I'm going to read this because this is great. Good old Rick C. Um, could the answer lie in limiting pitch speed, which would which would same? I assume that's a sick first save. Pitchers' bodies as well as yield more hits. All MLB fields have radar guns now. What if a 96 mile per hour swing swing was a ball unless it was a hit? Doesn't have to be 96. It could be lower. Like so, so it, what I'm what I'm getting from this is, if in this in this world, if the ball if a fastball is thrown at 96 or above, and the batter swings and misses, it's a ball. Like, what what the fuck are you talking about? How, how does that make any sense? Like, oh my god. Uh, uh, god I mean. Jesus, do some of these people think they're like freaking playing video games or something? Oh, I'll just, I mean, I know I can naturally throw 101, but I'm going to throttle down and just throw 96. But if I accidentally throw 97, well, fuck me. Yeah. Jesus Christ. The, I mean, so I, will, I will say. Literally I love feeling the dumber from just hearing these comments. <laughs> I love the athletic very much. The best oh, yeah. and worst thing they've done is give out those insanely good deals for subscriptions. Because it's great, because more people get access to quality journalism. It sucks, because now every article is flooded like a goddamn Facebook comment section. You remember back in the day, when we were all paying like 11 bucks a month? Yeah. And um, you could like get some really good conversations in the... Uh-huh. In the comment section, uh-huh. man. I mean, that was. I mean, that was like the place to go to have like actual lucid thoughts and comments. It was great. Yeah, because I mean, like now, ESPN's comments. Yeah, yeah. ESPN's are just absolute best because ninety percent of them are from Africa. It's it's just it's terrible. Like to. You just can't have a conversation on almost any sports website at this point. And like the athletic was like the last bastion and now, now it's gone too. So that's, you know, again, I don't, I don't begrudge their decision. It's just very, may, the, the hope I guess is that once everybody's special deal runs out, they'll see like 65 bucks for the year and be like, Oh God, no. Uh, and just leave. So hopefully, hopefully. No. Well, um, you know, I, I love I love the ESPN Facebook stuff where it's like 
it, it could be, oh, you know, Christian, uh, Christian Erickson will be playing his first match for Brentford on Saturday. And then it basically turns into a section of um, African and Middle Eastern people uh, arguing over Messi and Ronaldo being the best. And that's that's just what they turn into like all the time. So, you know, you, you try to have any sort of a lucid thought. And... Back back when yeah. I used to actually like get on Facebook with any sort of regularity, it, it would always be just a little treat for me when when in my feed I would see that Wes Bradshaw had replied to a comment on an ESPN.com article because I just know that I'm in for a wild ride with this. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes I just can't help myself. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, I, it's like, I, have to, I have to, like, verbally just just massacre this human being for the level of sheer stupidity that I've read. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. It's, it's still like that. It's like, uh, amazing. Yeah. Uh, I, I literally, um, I... I uh, I got myself involved in a thread earlier this evening on an actual on a Liverpool site or on a, on a Liverpool page um, where someone had said something about uh, the aforementioned earlier in the pod, Jude Bellingham, mm-hmm. uh, about, you know, you know, hey, you know, he had a great match today against Rangers. Yeah, you know, they lost the tie, but Bellingham looked awesome. He's 18. You know, this would, this would be a perfect match. Uh, for Klopp to get, you know, he he showed somebody say, you know, he shows signs of, you know, maybe Steven Gerrard. Mm-hmm. And then somebody gets up there and literally starts berating the person who put the post up there, saying, "How can you say this? They lost the Rangers. Oh my God! How could you? How could, why would Liverpool ever sign anyone from a team that lost to Rangers?" Uh, and it's like, what? What? Are you are you really this fucking stupid? And the answer is yes, yes they are. Oh so. no. Yeah. And then anyone who tried to answer back, and I said something back to him, he's like, I don't even know. He said something so stupidly asinine to me, and just died and said, "I'm done." <laughs> so good times. Good times. So I actually did have one more quick story here. Um, from February 19th. Uh, NCAA Board of Directors asking Division I Council to review impact of NIL on student-athletes. Gr- great. Just just great, guys. You know, you, you, you went ahead, you did the right thing, you started to give college athletes the, uh, the ability to be paid, and once you realized exactly what that meant, you went, oh, oh no, oh no, we can't do this. Oh, this is terrible. Oh, no. So, uh, congratulations, NCAA. I, I really hope you know there's no way you're going to be able to put this toothpaste back in the bottle. So, oh, God. It's going to be a, a report done in five weeks. So, just amazing. Amazing. Just, oh, God. Stupid. So, damn stupid. Oh, God. So we'll see. We'll see how this goes. Uh, I'm I'm not expecting anything good. Just like uh, 
NCAA. No, no, nothing, nothing good will come from this. It's the NCAA. Nothing good happens when those four letters are put together. Nope. Nothing at all. So that is that is going to do it, though, for us pimping the Athletic. The Athletic has been well and truly pimped at this point. Um, oh. So uh, now we'll, we'll end the show off with some, some Watch 4. Wes, what you watching the week that was of the week that will be? Um, honestly, I don't. Have I even turned the TV on since last week? I don't know. I'm playing some FIFA. That's been about it for me. Um, hey, Wes, you know, I've heard okay. there's this really good show. Uh, I think I think it was called Murderville. Uh, have you oh, heard of man. it? <laughs> Shit. Man, that's one to definitely talk about. Because <laughs> nobody heard us do it last <laughs> week. That's right. I went to a really nice long out the one. I think that's what happened. We got lost and I just. That and my fiance has been out this week, and that's our little show we watch together. So um, if you fire up your Netflix, you may see uh, one of. Our personal favorites here on the uh, All New Sports Show slash um, a Foreign Affair podcast. And that's Mr. Will Arnett. Mm. And uh, Will Arnett. So basically the premise of this show is Will Arnett is playing a grizzled season detective. And um, there are six episodes, about 30 minutes apiece. And in each one, he is assigned a celebrity partner. And the celebrity partner there is then a murder occurs, and the celebrity partner and Will Arnett have to investigate the murder, and the celebrity partner has to um, determine which of the three suspects committed the murder and tell us why. Now, the kicker on this is that the entire show is scripted except for the fact that the celebrity guest has no idea what's going to happen, and all of their lines are happening. <laughs> so it is it, it's it's great the first episode especially where Conan O'Brien is it is absolutely fantastic <laughs> um, Conan is such a good ad liver on his own um, that he, he just he knocks it out of the damn park but it's, it's a really it's a really really funny show there's going to be a bunch of people on it like, oh, who that is. they're like the oh yeah that guy actor um, it's like, mm-hmm. I think they all got a part in this. Every that guy got a part in all of this show. <laughs> so, um, yeah, definitely check it out. That's right. I'm trying to murderville on, uh, on the, uh, on the Netflix. And hey, Ed, you know what, uh, you know what I like to talk about? You know, uh, every now and then I like to give you a podcast. Yeah. And since once again, I gave this podcast last week and it, um, it didn't go to air. Folks, if you check out the Men and Blazers uh, network of shows, uh, each week, each European week, they are doing a, uh, Roger Benson doing a special called European Nights with Rory Smith. Uh, Rory Smith, mm. uh, of course, writes for the um, New York Times. Yes, the New York Times Chief Soccer Correspondent.
correspondent for his financial project with the suiting company. Uh, they looked at RB Salzburg's uh, youth project. Um, they taught some Europa, they taught some conference. So they cover it all. Um, it, it is a really interesting show. And I mean, it's, it's, it's dull old Roger. Yeah, you got to get through dull old Roger. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a really good show, really fun. Um, I mean, I, I'm still a loyal Men in Blazers listener. Um, and now you, you know, that's one thing they never did a lot of was covering the European matches. Uh, but with this, it gives them a chance to get in and do some fun stuff with the European stuff. Nice. Um, so I, uh, I've been, I've been mentioning this show when I first saw the, uh, the, uh, trailer for it and, uh, finally caught the first two episodes of it this, this past Sunday. Um, a show on Apple TV called Severance. Um, that stars Adam Scott. Um, it does feature a couple other people, uh, including in a kind of guest role. Um, oh God, uh, Christopher Walken, Christopher Walken in a in a guest role. Um, and it's actually most of the episodes were apparently directed by Ben Stiller. So that's it's pretty interesting. Um, really interesting show. Um, the, uh, the plot again is essentially that, uh, Adam Scott works for this company, um, where they have a procedure called severance, which essentially they can, they do an implant in your head and it splits your memories and, and essentially consciousness so that when you go to this one floor of the building, you, all you know is what you're doing for the company and working and, and all that stuff. And then as soon as you leave that floor, you're back to your normal self, but you don't remember anything you did there. It's the, you know, it's essentially a way to have a non-disclosure agreement. That's almost guaranteed to work because you literally cannot tell anybody what you've been working on. <laughs> um, but again, what's also interesting is while you're working, you actually also don't know of anything you did while you were on the outside. Uh, so there, it's actually a really cool moment to kind of show that off in the very first episode at the very beginning. So this is not a spoiler because it's literally the first thing that happens in the show. Uh, Adam Scott is like in his car crying and then is walking into work and he's like and he's stuffing like the tissues that he's wiping his eyes with in his his pocket and he's walking in and you see him get onto the elevator and he goes he transitions to the floor where the the switch happens and as he's walking down the hall to where he works, he like picks up the the tissues in his pocket. And he's like, "Oh, I wonder what that was for," and then just throws them in the trash can. Like they, he does not have any idea that he was crying at some point. Um, so it's it's really interesting uh, what they're going for with this show. It's very creepy. It's it's very much like kind of a thriller kind of show. Uh, and I'm very excited to see where it ends up. Um, so yeah, I, I would definitely, at least through the first two episodes, recommend uh, Severance. Uh, also, one of the things that keeps it real quick and I'll, or cre creepy, I will say, and just kind of off, is that the level of the technology used is like all over the place. Like the computers look like they're from the 80s, but they have video cameras that can record onto like like dvd discs and they have 
but they have also TVs that are still four by three. It's it's really weird. And like all the 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 clothing looks like it's kind of from the 80s. So it's like this really weird mis- mishmash of stuff. It's very, very weird. Um, but I enjoy it. Uh, I'm excited to see where it goes and, and see see what happens and, and what it all means. Um, so, yeah, that's that's going to do it for the watch. Hey, we, know, gonna... we, know, we know what a big but... Adam Scott you were. I do. I do love Adam Scott. Uh, I really, really, ever since his Parks and Rec days. Um, I will say this, and I'm sure it's somewhat intentional, but man, his hair is terrible in this show. Absolutely oh, awful. Not, not, not Parks and Rec Adam Scott at all. Um, but then oh, again, I guess after the last five years, none of us are really who, who we had been at that point. Um, so that'll do it, though, for this edition of the Fun Fair podcast. Episode 403 is in the books. Um, Craig still looks like he's recording, so that's great. Um, as Thank always, you, Craig! Pod- <laughs> as always, the podcast is presented by NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop. Uh, neither does this podcast, uh, even, even when it stops recording. Um, you can always uh, find NGSC Sports on the socials, as well as us as a collective. We are at AFA Pod. Wes, you are. I'm at Wes Bradshaw 21. And I am at Edward Green. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube via our parent show, the All New Sports Show, and email us at allnewsportshow at gmail.com. Thanks to our podcast providers, including Anchor, which is powered by Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Um, so yeah, we will be back next week. Um, we'll, have, uh, we'll have more Premier League to talk about. We'll have the League Cup final to dissect uh, and anything else that happens. Uh, so before we get out of here, though, Wes, anything else you want to add? Well, while Ed brought up earlier uh, the issues with Major League Baseball right now, <laughs> folks, we got college baseball. It's back. Yeah. My God, I cried my eyes out during the first weekend because apparently the only thing that could be worse than, than Premier League officiating is uh, college baseball umpiring. <laughs> um, you you know what I'm speaking of in Greenville, of course, correct, dude? Uh, I I don't know of an exact moment. No, what what happened? Oh God! Somehow you did not hear what happened in the ECU Bryant game on Saturday. So, uh, tie game, bottom of the ninth, East Carolina with a runner on second, and um, as the pitcher is in his windup and coming to home plate to deliver the pitch. Oh, I did hear about this. The, yes, I, yes, I the first base umpire. Okay. The first base umpire apparently called time out in the middle of the pitch. Uh, the ECU batter hit a walk-off home run, and as they're celebrating at home plate, he's over there calling it off saying, no, I called time. And it's like, well, well what the fuck? What did you call time? And uh, our boy Cliff Goblin got tossed because he was obviously enraged. And in one of the more bizarre things I've ever seen. I mean, you know, I understand how time right before a pitch, not when a guy's yeah. in the middle of his windup and starting to deliver the ball calling. So, uh, yeah, that one. I- uh, that one made Barstool. Uh, Barstool did that one. That had like a million views on Barstool. Um, it was in like the first ten minutes of uh, Sports Center that night. Oh man! I, I mean, so I mean, I'm watching uh, this right now, 
I uh-huh. why why and I and like because I and I'm li- like looking because the ball goes down the the right field line, so this is super helpful. Um, yeah. why isn't the umpire? He's watching the ball. If you call time, <laughs> why aren't you immediately going? No, no, dude, stop! Right. Right, because he turns around because it is his job in a, in a live ball to turn and watch the ball and make sure that it clears in play. Right, but if yeah. it's not, if it's not a, if if you call time, yeah. then it's not a live ball. Yeah, if you call time, it's not a live ball. You're standing, you're going to be standing at first base with your hands over there, going no, no pitch, no pitch. And instead, they let, I believe it was Bryson Wall, uh, they let him round the bases. They let him start celebrating yep. at home plate. And then he says, oh, wait a minute. I called time. No pitch. No pitch. Ooh. And you, well, you and know, of course, be- you have your life in grief. Well, you know these Carolina fans can be a little irrationally angry at times. What? I don't believe you. <laughs> also, the fact that we believe that everyone's fucking against us to start with. Of course. This did not go over well in conversations. <laughs> so I will say, too, looking at this replay, like, the first baseman for Bryant is, like, immediately pointing at the umpire. So I don't know yeah. why. Was it ever explained why time was called? Uh, the umpire said because the sun was in his eyes and he could not see. What? Apparently, that is the uh, that is the explanation that was given to Cliff Goblin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I... yes, yes, Johnny. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, that's great. That was the explanation given. That is... Hoodalolly, hoodalolly. Oh, that's amazing. Just amazing. Yeah, it's like, dude, please come up with something better than that, because that's that's so freaking horrible. Oh, my my God. Now I'm reading, like, apparently Bryant's got the sweep? Holy shit. Yeah, they swept us. I mean, oh, beat us an extra innings and then beat us uh, four to three the next day. So, yeah, East Carolina, uh, it was a terrible opening weekend. Then ECU went and they won at Campbell. And this weekend, a big three-game series uh, with uh, North Carolina. Ooh. The first, check this, the first two in Chapel Hill, game three in Greenville on Sunday. Oh, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I then guess... they turn around on Tuesday and they play Duke, so. I guess that's uh I guess they're not doing like if they're not doing like a midweek series because don't they usually do like a midweek home and home? Yeah, usually they do a midweek home and home. They're doing a home and home with NC State this year in the midweek. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And it looks like they're doing a UNC Wilmington in the midweek. Hmm. Uh, I believe they're doing Old Dominion in the midweek as well. Some home and homes. Uh, the the is coming up um in a couple mm-hmm. of weekends. But that's uh, Indiana cool, State, huh? Michigan, and Maryland. Nice. All righty. Well, let's uh, go check. Go check that out. Right. College baseball is awesome, and uh, it's actually being played. <laughs> oh, and real quick, a big shout out to our boy baseball group opening weekend at Campbell. Appalachian State goes and takes two out of three at Campbell. Ooh. 
The Mountaineers. Well, Go Mountaineers. Mountaineers. I believe they're two and two. They lost their two in the game this week, by the way. So I believe they're two and two on the season. Hmm. Well, it's better, better yeah. than better than zero and three. Yeah. Hey, yeah, brother. <laughs> hey, oh. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to go get uh, my three hours of sleep now and get it to go to the but Well, let's not, give you, uh, let's not keep you any longer then and say, for McCall and Crime West Bradshaw, I am Edward Green. Thanks for joining us on this edition of the AFA Pod. Until next time, everyone, stay safe, especially all out there in Ukraine, and enjoy the football. And good night, everyone. I don't, I don't have anyone to truly make fun of this week. So uh, good night and good luck to all you, uh, everyone in the Ukraine. Um, you guys just hold out, do your best. That's all yeah. I can You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSEsports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop.